Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. For all the latest Spurs news and transfer rumors, head on over to SpursWeb at spursweb.com. To follow all the deadline day action with your fellow fans, tune in to Transfer Deadline Live in association with fanbooks.com. Broadcasting live from 9 to 11.30pm on Monday, February the 2nd, we'll take you through the final hours of the transfer window as things really hot up, with the views of fans, special guests and those in the know. Watch Jim White, but listen to us. Sign up to Fanbooks to get involved. Go to bit.ly slash show. Hello, good evening, welcome to the 800th, I've made it up, I've no idea how many of these tawdry shows we've done. Welcome again, it's the Spurs show, what a week it's been, some good, some bad, many bad, let's be honest. Uh, joining me this week, um, returning for the first time in years, Rick Mason is here. Hi, good to see you again. Are you well? Yes, thank you. Good, yeah, nice yeah. to see you. And, and making their debuts uh, tonight, big listeners to the show, we have Adam Mitchell. Hello, hi all. Nice to see you. And Russell Goldsmith. Hi, Mike. And Very sitting excited. in, nice to see him, sitting in who refuses to get involved. We go, hello. Menny Wheeler is here just sitting in. Hello. There you are. There you are. She doesn't want to get involved. I don't blame her, really. But uh, um, before we get into the sort of the meat of the show, you might have heard the ad at the top there. Just to let you know, we are doing this uh, transfer deadline live show in association with Fan Books, uh, broadcasting live from 9 to 11.30 next Monday, 2nd of February. We'll take you through the final hours of the transfer window as hopefully for us things start to hot up. So basically watch Jim White on Sky Sports News, but listen to us. Uh, remember the live deadline day team will be taking your comments, questions, rumours on pitch, um, so that's be fantastic. And also uh, this weekend, if you go to Fanbooks and predict the results of five matches on their free predictor game, uh, the top tipper, one of you there, will win five hundred pounds. So we reveal the winner live on the Deadline Day show. So sign up at Fanbooks to take part, and don't worry, we'll have all the links on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Right, we've had two games this week. We'll have to start with the getting dumping out of the FA Cup. Rick, thoroughly depressing, wasn't it? 2-1, rotated the squad, nine changes. 
Yeah, I mean, we've not really got a strength in depth, have we? That's the thing. And the players seem to be playing out of position a lot of the time. And uh, we just don't seem to have a balanced squad. So when we make those changes, it just seems that we haven't got the players to do it. And I saw the team sheet Mm. before uh, the Leicester game. And uh, like most people, I just thought, does he actually want to be in this competition? Because it just seemed that, you know, if, you, if you're going to put Kirikesh at right back and Kabul at centre-half, you think to yourself, he wants to go out of this. And, uh, and sure enough, we did. Having said that, I thought that, you know, we did actually play quite well. But as so often happens, we just don't keep the concentration till the end of the game. Mm. Russell, well, I mean, what did you think? I mean, sort of nine changes for me out of all of them. And I know people can argue for and against or rest players. Big game coming up on Wednesday. The goalkeeper. Now, as a goalkeeper, do you need to rotate that much? You know, Vaughan played against Sheffield United. Um, I assume that um, that he'll bring. Um, Lloris back in for the second leg of the semi-final but I thought that was a strange decision not to sort of basically Lloris has missed two games do you need to rest him that much? Yeah I mean I, I don't even know if he's given Lloris the week off and he's gone on holiday or whatever but <laughs> I, I just I came home furious mm. I'm gonna I'm not yeah. gonna make this no, no, you know, go, go mad too quickly but um, the frustrating thing for me is I don't get this rotation um, you know, I still don't understand why you just don't play your strongest team um, and and stick with that. And if someone gets injured, you've got a big enough squad to bring them in, or, or if they're not playing well, you swap them. But you play your strongest team for every game. That that's my view. Yeah. And every time a manager tries to be clever and rotate the squad, as was shown this weekend, not just with Spurs but with all the other teams, they come unstuck. Mm. You know, so Chelsea have gone out, um, yeah, City went out, United struggled, and now they've got another game that they probably didn't want to want to play. Um, and I just, I just find it that, as I said, the managers are trying to be clever, and what you end up with is is players that come in. And yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it wasn't our best team, but you still got a hundred million pounds worth of talent out there. Mm. But there's no momentum. So yeah. they're coming in and out of the team every week and you don't get that momentum. They're playing in a system that I don't think they're comfortable with. And then you end up throwing away a game. And as, as, in answer to your question about Vaughan, I, you know, he, you start, we started off, he made two fantastic yeah. saves. But at the end of the day, he's caused the error that has seen us go out. And if you had our best goalkeeper in there, we'd still be in a cup where we'd have a great chance of winning it. Yeah. I, I think what concerns me about this picking of, of Vaughan is... Is this in readiness for Loris going at the end of the season? Does he feel that he's likely to go off to, to PSG or Real Madrid and so he's actually giving Vorm some game time? Because I don't think there's, you know, with all due respect to Vorm, I don't think he's anywhere near um, where Loris is. And I'm not sure that I would trust him to be our first team goalkeeper if we lose Loris. But the number of times that he picks him. And rotates him because I agree with you, Mike, that that there is no reason to rotate the goalkeeper as much as he does. But the amount of game time that Vorm is getting, is it because we're going to lose Loris at the end of the season mm. and they've resigned themselves? To Good it? point, Adam. To bring you in now, um, the other thing that frustrates me with when you do rotate the squad, it wasn't just that to accommodate players coming in. He's moved some of our best players out of position. Harry Kane now has played two games in a row not in his, the main position. He sort of played behind Soldado, who he's tried to accommodate, rightly or wrongly. 
that's that's going to be a worry now. Now your good players are still still playing them and are playing out of position. I mean, it's crazy to me. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think you're absolutely right, and I think you know you said it on the show a million times. It sort of sometimes feels like we don't know what the best side is still, and there's still an element of experimentation, isn't there? And you're absolutely right, and that uh, and just moving them around again chops and changes with the with the the players' form and what they're getting used to. It's like you know the we didn't have the same back four for the best part of this season, do we? And it's and it just it just doesn't help in getting a team moulded and you know all playing for each other. I don't think absolutely. And it, I mean it's and it's typical as well, isn't it? That the way the with that weekend, the way all the other results went, it just feels like we've handed the FA Cup to. Arsenal again, doesn't it? I mean, that's the most depressing thing. But we've also got a terrible record now in the FA Cup. I think we, I think we've only reached the fifth round twice in yeah. ten, eleven years. I read, terrible for 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 a team that's known as as a, one of the greatest FA Cup sides ever. You know, the history wise. But it's just this is the thing now with domestic cup competitions, whether it's the FA Cup or whether it's the. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, the League, the League Cup in all its various different forms, it seems to be an opportunity to play the team that we used to put in the football combination. And, and it, Showing your age there, Rick. I know, yeah. I, I, I'm doing more than that if people could see me. Um, but uh, the, the teams that we pick, it seems to now be that those competitions are to keep the players happy who don't normally play. My argument would be... If you look at a team sheet and you see that you're playing in the cup, that would tell me as a player that I'm actually not wanted. Because if you, if you get to play in the cup competitions, you're not someone that Pochettino is looking as one of your first team players. Yeah, and, and absolutely. And, and then that comes down to how much confidence you've got. But it, but it also, the, the thing that infuriated me on, on Saturday was that if you're going to disrespect the cup match, then don't charge the fans to come in and treat it as a, as a training game and then I'll accept it because as I said what my view is the FA Cup it, it, it frustrated me that on, on TV they, and radio they talk about the magic and the romance of the Cup and I was thinking well what if, if the teams played their best 11 yeah. then the likes of you know with all respect to those lower teams you know lower league teams they wouldn't get through because you know the odd one you might get the, the odd um, you know victory but the best teams would come through and I think it's also frustrating for the likes of say a Harry Kane who you only get so many chances to win the FA Cup, and he hasn't got a chance to to do that this season. So, but also I think, um, Adam, tactically, I mean, I, I agree with it. I thought we played quite well, especially after we scored. We we looked yeah. we looked good, but there was this sort of moment in the second half, and all of a sudden you just saw, why are we playing so deep now? We're just going. You can't blame tiredness because this is the new team that's coming. He's rotating the squad, and you think that some of the touchline would be going push forward. You're playing deep, playing deep. You know, the first goal was, was, I mean, both goals, I thought, defensively were obviously bad goals to give away. And that was the frustration as well. That I mean, it's Leicester City who, you know, of having yeah. a rele- relegation battle, so you can argue they rested players a bit as well. Mm. And they just seem much more up for it than we did. Yeah, and it's the old thing of having a leader on the pitch, isn't mm. it? It's having someone to drag us through those last 20 minutes when, um, yeah, when other players are sort of starting to lose interest, shall we say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's typical of this season, isn't it? It's, we're, we're sort of back to the mid-90s, win one, lose one, win one, lose one sort of weird form, aren't we? It just feels a bit like that. I think there has been progression this season, but oh, oh, I feel slow. I think everyone sort of, I mean, I think if, if everyone, being in the season, the new guy came in, most people went, oh, it's going to take time now. 
realistically fifth, sixth, seventh, and mm-hmm. even more, that's amazing and a good cup run. Now, you could argue, well, we've had a good cup run. We're in the semi-final of the League Cup. We played the massive game on Wednesday. Um, but then again, the first leg, you know, talking about that game now, the crowd was up for it. Everyone was up for it. Here we go. We can put this to bed now. Two, three, nil, we're through. Again, I thought it was a very average performance. Would you agree, Rick? Yeah, but I'm looking looking at this season, you're right. We we are still in everything well, apart from the FA Cup. You can say that we've had a good season, but I don't think there's been many games that we've won by more than one goal. And how many of those games has Loris kept us in the match? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's not been a season where I've thought, oh, Spurs have really pushed on here. We're a much better team than we were last season. He wants to play this this pressing game, which he keeps on going on about, and he's saying that the the players are now getting used to it. But I don't understand how you can play a pressing game when we've not got one central defender in the squad with any pace. And if you are playing a team uh, that has got pace up front, we're going to get found out. And then how many times have we relied on Loris making a fantastic save? Mm. I, I think I agree I think he's been a very lucky I mean don't get me wrong I like him I like the development of the team but he has been a lucky manager today and he came he definitely came unstuck at the weekend I think with the Sheffield United game what I again what, what I found interesting is yeah we, we, we played well there's a lot of possession but we only had two shots on target mm. one was a penalty the other was a header from Dyer. Yeah. and I think the issue you've got is that there's no one in the team that's, that's prepared to make that telling pass because there's a fear of losing the ball so what you end up with is this sideways passing that is almost taking us back to where we were with AVB mm. I mean and also I mean I think Hoddle was um, the, the sort of uh, summarised on one of the channels you know he was bemoaning the fact we didn't have this great player in the midfield who could unlock it. I mean we're playing a league one team and you know exactly how they're going to set up men behind the ball you've got to sort of think tactically how are you going to do to break it down? And as you're right, we, we barely, had a, barely had a chance. The only benefit is that we didn't concede a goal. Mm. And uh, do you think we can go on now on, on Wednesday and, and, and get the job done? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it'll be tight. I don't think... I mean, I, like you, the week before, I was like, yeah, three or four nil, and we'll, um, we'll have a, a restful Wednesday. But I think, you know, I can see it being one all. I can see them getting the goal back and us, you know, getting an equaliser and going through on that. I really... There's, there's nothing that makes me think it's going to be an enjoyable 90 minutes no, I think it, it, it does depend if he's, if he's going to take it I mean this is a, we're 90 minutes the classic we're 90 mm. minutes from, from Wembley if he doesn't put Lloris back in Kane up front I think oh. he should play two up front anyway but you know we, we should have enough to get through he's got to play but the strongest it's, it's, it's he's got to play I mean he's got to I mean I, you know we'll say you know Vorm is the League Cup goalkeeper surely now he's got to play Whatever is our, our, our strongest. Well, I mean, you know, we, we, we chatted on the show last week. I mean, Ben Slebs, obviously, the, the African Nations, but, you know, Mason in there and whatever, and play our, our strongest team. Wouldn't you agree with We've got to go all out. I wouldn't play maybe not two up front because they need to come at us. Maybe you can argue having the sort of five in midfield and one up front, possibly. Yeah, but I, I'm old school. I mean, I want to see us win trophies. It's now become more important to finish fourth than it has to win a domestic trophy and that's really the concern because you want to play I would want to play the best team in the cups that we could possibly win but there is now so much pressure on you to get in the Champions League because of the financial aspect and because of the status aspect of it that as I say you know obviously I'm remembering the old days of the football combination but when you had a reserve team that's what that league was for 
we now play them in domestic cup competitions. Whether he's going to realise, because they, he'll come out with sound bites and say, "Oh, FA Cup's really important to Spurs," and he put that in the program. But in terms of the the teams that he's picking, he's not showing how how important it is. But I'm mean, just as you were saying that, I was just sort of trying to think back about the last time that we, I mean, obviously the FA Cup aside now, but when, when we did sort of get to all these finals 81 so the 82 when we got to the FA Cup final League Cup final finished the semi-final of the Cup Winners Cup it was largely the, the same players playing playing then that, that was even 87 when we got to the FA Cup final lost to Arsenal League Cup semi-final again there wasn't this massive rotation now and surely you can argue pitches are better now fitness is better you know to me it's just it's, it's it's a disgrace, really, and especially to us fans who are pulling up money. I know the Sheffield United game, you could argue, was only, was it £25 a ticket? But even still, it's just... Well, we've got a lot of games to go to with the, yeah. with the Europa League, so I think, I think that is an issue. But, um, no, I mean, like I said, I, I don't see why you do need to rotate. I, I, don't, I don't understand that whole, that whole process. But um, if, you, if, you, if you stick with the best team and get the momentum going then that surely has to benefit you in the longer term and I think the, the issue we've got is when you are rotating the, I think the problem we've got is we've got God knows how many midfielders that are all much of a muchness it doesn't really matter who's, who's there and I think that's half the problem there's not one out, you know, standout player where you can bring anyone in and it doesn't make a huge difference and possibly that's his problem he doesn't know who to pick How do you think he's going to look at Europe now because obviously with the Europa League, there's loads of games. The teams who finished third in the Champions League now drop down. But if we did manage to get through there, obviously, if you win the Europa League, it's a place in the Champions League. If we do beat Sheffield United, I think we're away in Fiorentina on the whatever day it is, Thursday, and the Sunday is the League Cup final. So again, you've got to look at even problems coming up about what, what is the most important game to him. <sighs> It, I, only he knows what's <laughs> in his mind, um, and uh, and we certainly don't, because every time we think we do, he goes and picks a completely different team. So, I would like to think that he's he's looking at where we're closest to the final, and I would like to see him put in a really really decent team against Sheffield United and really go for winning a trophy. I know it's the League Cup again, and it seems to be the only thing that we've been able to win for the last. God knows how many years, but nevertheless, I think it gives confidence if 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 a team wins a wins a cup competition. Well, we all thought onto Ramos when we beat Chelsea last time. This team's going to kick on. Obviously, we want to know what happened the following season. Um, and then, I mean, again, so you know, we got we got the Wednesday game, and then obviously Saturday again. What's the bigger game? We've got West Brom, new manager. We had all that with uh, when we lost to Crystal Palace. Uh, we want to. We were sitting in the shout for top four. What again is? Is how is he going to see? What's the most the bigger game to him again? Yeah, I don't know. I th- you see, I'm starting to come around. That I'd li- I'd like to see us concentrate on the cups, to be honest. And just, I mean, I don't know how many more. There's probably another 16 rounds of the Europa to get <laughs> yeah. the final, isn't there? But I mean, you're right. Certainly, the Sheffield United. I mean, the best the best day out I've had as a Spurs fan in recent years is the Chelsea mm. Carling Cup final. And then, and the other thing is, I still, I still look at that table and I think I don't know if we have any right to be in the top four above the two Manchester teams, Chelsea and Arsenal. As much as I just, well, not that we haven't got right, but I just, I can't see how this current side is going to finish above them. So I'd almost rather we would, um, we'd have a go at the cup. Does anyone Sorry, think? But, the, does anyone think the current team is, is is good enough, strong enough to finish the top four? Anyone, anyone generally think that? 
I think if you, if you, well, again, it comes down to what is your first eleven. Um, I think we have got a strong enough team compared to what else is around because of the weakness of the other. You know, take City and Chelsea hmm. aside. I think we are good United enough to Liverpool, challenge. United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs for those two places. Yeah. So, it's, so it's two from four. Yeah. And I, th- I think we have got a chance. Um, but it comes down to consistency. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I do think we, we have the ability to get in there. Whether or not you would then say that was one of our best teams ever when you compare the te- to the yeah. team that did get, you know, when we had Modric and Bale and Van der Vaar, then obviously it's a different Yeah, I'll go, I'll go along with that because there's no comparison between that team and the, and the team that we've got now. I think we've got quite a lot of faceless individuals now. But, um, and that team certainly wasn't that. But... <laughs> There is no consistent outside. Well, even Chelsea and Manchester City now aren't mm. showing consistency. But outside of that, everybody is being talked about as having a bad season. Manchester mm. United are third and being talked about as having a bad season. Arsenal are being talked about as having a bad season. They're all above us. But um, if we, we we've just got to be more consistent than the rest of the useless teams in the league, because yeah. um, I don't think if if we do get there, I don't think it will be because we're great. I think it will be because the others are rubbish. So, now, so to going on for that, now is the time of the year that we always bang on about the transfer window coming up. Now is a chance, you know. The scum down the road have gone and bought a central defender. Finally, I mean, their fans have been going on about we need another defender. He's gone out and, and bought one. We've been banging on for years now about we're not scoring enough goals. We only rely on, obviously, Kane's come from nowhere. Is he going to do any business in the next week or so? Are we going to bring anyone in that's going to improve this team? Well, I think the first thing that we've got to decide is who's actually going to pick the players that we buy. Is Mm. it going to be Baldini again? Or is Baldini going to be out on his ear? And we've got this new guy, is it Mitchell, that's Mm -hmm. come from Southampton? Uh, We were saying before the the podcast, we were saying that, that... Really, the, the the person who picks the team needs to pick the players that he's got within that team, and it's clear that some of the players that we've got now don't fit in with the with the manager's plans because they've been bought by somebody else completely. If we buy, say, someone like Danny Ings, which I think has been been spoken about, I don't think that's going to happen till the end of the season anyway. But it's got to be a player that fits in with the way that Pochettino plays, not just somebody that Baldini thinks is is available. It's also got to be a player that's going to make an immediate impact, and we're desperate. I think we're desperate in de- in defence. Um, you know what you don't want is to like we've Yedlin's come over and now apparently he's going off to the states again for oh, another tournament. I think so. I yeah. So you know, Norson's gone. Norson's gone to Norton's Swansea. Got, yeah. Yeah. You can argue. I think if if it was five million, it's amazing business yeah, for yeah. someone that was never going to be a, a regular. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I mean, Danny Ings, you picked up on. I mean, rumours again from the papers that we've made a derisory five million pound inquiry for. I mean, you know, this is the team that that needs goals to stay up. I mean, it, again, we're doing this sort of haggling supermarket sort of going around seeing if we can sort of do a deal just go out and just you know there's players out there just go out and, and show some intent by bringing someone in who's, who's gonna, who could make a difference in the last few months of the season yeah I mean it's, inter- it's, it's hard to know who that player is and who's out there isn't it and it's it would be just so interesting to get some sort of little idea of intent as what what the what the plan is, as you say, like who's buying the players, what what do what do the people that own Spurs actually want to achieve this season? What you know, or 
it's, 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 but we need it's more so goals. We need more goals from mm. more than one source. Surely that's one thing they should be looking at. An attacking midfielder, someone who can put the ball in the net. Because, okay, Ericsson's, you know, eight goals or something like that this season, but it's still mm. not enough to go around. You look at the statistics of how many goals our three strikers are scoring. It's, it's laughable again. It's, mm. it's shocking, especially for a team that wants to be top four. Well, we've gone from being reliant on Gareth Bale to being reliant on Harry Kane. Mm. And I'd like to go back to a time really when we've got more than one player that we're relying on on mm. the pitch and I can't really remember the last time that we did that and I think it, it, a lot of this is about the spine of the side mm. and you know we've got Lloris in goal that, you know, but he, Fazio and, and Vertonghen are they the, the best central pairing that we could possibly have in defence it seems that they are at the moment but they're, to me they're the best of a, a bad lot he never keeps the same two in the centre of midfield and we've got one striker who's scoring goals. So that spine is really, really important. So I don't think it's just a case of going out and buying a striker. I think it's a case of having a look at that whole spine of the side and within that there's got to be a leader. So we might have to go out and buy a proper captain. Mm, very good point. But he must, I mean, they must be having this conversation. He must be sitting down with Levy and this Mitchell's oh, yeah. coming or whatever and gone, this is what we need and it's evident this is what we need yeah. because of the sort of up and down results we're getting and also the style of football we're playing as well and as you said rely on Harry Kane so why, why isn't this just being done well I think exactly I think Rick's absolutely right it's, it's, it's not I don't think one player whoever it was could make the difference because you're right you put the world's greatest striker on that side we're still not creating many chances for them and things like that so it, it, it really is it really needs to be like come on what are we achieving here what, how many players do we need in what positions and, but that, and doesn't that come down to the system then because you can get another striker who can score goals but to be fair mm. we've got strikers who can score goals they're just not scoring goals but you know, it's always, you know I know a lot of people go oh he only plays one up front well the last couple of games we've played two up front he has accommodated another striker hasn't worked but but I think that's personnel more than anything well the only striker that's been scoring goals is Harry Kane Soldado I don't think we play his way Adebayo's possibly the laziest player I've ever seen in my life with the possible exception of Jason Dezel going oh, back. Um, <laughs> you love him <laughs> um, but uh, in the last two games Harry Kane has played as a number 10 and then not played at all and what we've relied on is getting a penalty and Townsend sticking away the penalty because there really hasn't been that many chances in those two games uh, otherwise and, and unfortunately as I say we're in the same position as we were in with Gareth Bale whereas if Kane doesn't play or if Kane plays out of his usual position we just don't look like scoring I'm going to be a bit controversial Please here do. I, I don't think Adebayo is lazy personally I think he does work hard um, I just I just don't think again we play to his strength so you've got a, a big bulk of a striker up there but what we're not doing is crossing the ball in you've got this inverted wingers that you know, rather than getting down the line and crossing the ball in for him to head in we're, we're, we're just not providing the right service to him just like we're not providing the right service to Soldado so I think it, again it comes down to we've got strikers that can score goals we don't play to their strengths yeah but if you've got a manager and it, uh, it's kind of chicken and egg situation here if you've got a manager that's decided the way that he wants to play and it's obvious that he doesn't want to go with width because Lennon has been out of the side, Townsend cuts inside, and you know he's more likely to put Chadley and Eriksson alongside whoever we're playing in the centre of midfield, then it means that he's got two out of three strikers that are no use to us because he doesn't want to play that way. 
So maybe you're right. Maybe Adibayor isn't as lazy as you know I've suggested that he is. But it's clear that we have out of three strikers, and it's it's pretty key that we have at least one more striker other than Harry Kane that can do the job within the way that Pochettino wants to play because Kane could get injured. There isn't anybody else. Yeah, it just comes down, doesn't it, to the old thing of who, who's buying the players. Exactly, you know, we, that's why we all love Soldado, for a man whose skull-scoring record no one should like. Well, we he, all fit, love he fits quite well into a song as well. <laughs> that's always gone down with Spurs fans. Um, so, the weekend we got West Brom. Um, so, firstly, predictions. Sheffield United. Adam, what do you think the score's going to be? Uh, I think I might stick with my one-all. One-all, so we go through 2-1. We go through 2-1. I actually agree. I think it's. I think it's going to be tight. I think, yeah, probably one all, and we'll be biting our fingernails or, uh, yeah, definitely. But it's, it's it's going to be very tight. I think it's going to be the most boring nil nil that oh. anyone has ever seen. We probably will take that now, wouldn't we? We take it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm going up there, which means I'm going to be spending a lot of money mm. on watching the most boring nil nil I've ever seen. I don't think it'll be nil nil. Not with our defence. Well, they, they've got to cut. They've they've got to score a goal. Yeah. So they've got to come at us. Um, so we must be able to get one. Depends whether we got Laurie in goal as to whether they get nil or not. I think. I think we'll win two one. It'll be one all. They'll be going all out to try and get that goal, and then we'll do them on the break. Okay. Let's. Uh, well, you know, I wouldn't say I'll take that because I'm going to sit through <laughs> ninety minutes of that and probably have a heart attack. Um, then Saturday, uh, West Brom. Tough game. They've now, well, I wouldn't say the hit form, but they're obviously playing better now under Poulos. Yeah. Um, you've got Chelsea playing Man City at the weekend. I'm trying to think who Arsenal have got this weekend. Not, not too sure now. But, you know, again, it, it's, it's, a, it's a game if you want to stay up there that we have to win. Yeah. Um, it's, it's at West Brom, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we've done all right on the on the travel, so I mean, it, 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 it could go either way, couldn't mm. it? It could be a horrible one nil to West Brom, or we might go up there and do a. Let's be optimistic on this one. I think, I, th- I think uh, I'm going two one. Two one, Tottenham. Well, yeah, I don't want to keep copying him, but I mean, two one is our as our standard result anyway. So probably two one, Ericsson in the 83rd minute again, something like that. Um, I'm going to make that a full house. I think it's going to be 2-1. I think Berahino's going to score their goal because I think he wants to leave West Brom and he probably thinks of us as one of the teams that will buy him. So I think he'll probably have a really good game. But hopefully we can still score two and Ericsson will score in the 98th minute. So I I put a down on it. I'm going to go 2 all. It's my prediction. Probably right. There we go. A few bits of business. Just to let you know, um, we've finally got a date for our end of season live show, which could be a wake. Monday, May the 25th, at the Guanabara Club again, Covent Garden. Uh, We should know in the next two weeks who the guests or guests will be. But if you come, you know, if you come to these shows anyway, regardless of who we've got, if you go to live.spursshow.net, tickets are now available. Join our Facebook, Twitter, and, and also get our free Spurs Show iPhone app. All the links at spurshow.net. So there we go. Anything else? So, Rick, just for going back to, to, to the listeners, obviously you were very connected with the Spurs, with the uh, sort of sort of protest group that you ran many, many years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I ran the Left on the Shelf mm. campaign um, to keep the standing on the shelf. So that worked, didn't it? <laughs> um, the club listened. <laughs> so, so that's how much people listen to me. So, um, Who but, was the chairman? Was, it, was that Enoch then? Or who was, who was running Spurs then? Was it it was, I, I think when it started, it was Douglas Alexiou. Wow. 
and then Irving Scholar, and right. then I get slagged off in Irving Scholar's autobiography. Oh, really? Who thought that Left on the Shelf was in some way some left-wing group, and mm. the, the left part of it was uh, some political statement. Mm. And he was um, right. Well, yeah. Um, no, I just thought, I just thought lots because you know people mm. used to call it lots. But um, I was involved with that uh, mainly because I helped start the Football Supporters Association, as right. it was then, and it's now the Football Supporters Federation. And I was the PR officer at the old Spurs Supporters Club at right. Warmington House. Mm. So, um, so yeah, in the days when I used to have time to do all those things, mm. um, that's uh, that's how I got involved. Lovely. And, and Adam Russell, how long have you been both both been? Uh Sitting through watching Spurs. <laughs> uh, going, I'm, I was trying to think actually because you often ask people what their first game mm. was. It might have been a Tottenham Cardiff or Tottenham Chelsea back in. I, I, I certainly remember sitting with my dad and my brother when Spurs were playing Chelsea, and there was a big riot, and all the Chelsea players, uh, all the Chelsea fans came on, and there was people picking up the corner flag and really? throwing it. But, yeah, big at um, White Hart Lane. At White Hart Lane, yeah. So that would have been seventy. I don't know. Four, five, something like that. Probably. Could have been the year we set them down, wasn't that? Was around that that time that, that um, may well have been actually beat them two nil. I think it was near the end of the season. They went down. Maybe that's where it all kicks off. Adam, can you remember? I was, I was a bit more of a late developer. I think my first game was nineteen ninety. Mm. Home to Liverpool, we lost three one. Lineker and Russia couple and beers. It was on like what's it called? The match that ITV mm. show. But um, dun, 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 that's the one. Dun, dun. Uh, did meet Bobby Moore there though. It was oh. uh, yeah, so that that was quite nice. But um, yes, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it was Spurs or Liverpool that day. So obviously I went with the the local team. Well, I think it could be a Spurs Liverpool Carling Cup final. Capital oh. One Cup, sorry. It's a Capital One Cup now, isn't Yeah, it? that's right. No, I've, I've got a feeling that Liverpool are going to do Chelsea. I, I think if it's Liverpool, we've got a chance. Mm. I think that in terms of Spurs history, there is absolutely no way that we would beat Chelsea three times out of three in cup finals or beat them twice in a season. So, yeah, I'm hoping it's Liverpool. (laughs) Well, let's get past Sheffield United first. I think... uh that's, that's the first thing. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank it's you, great to have you all along. Let's Pleasure. hope that uh, the show next week we're, we're talking about, you know, getting our Wembley suits made and all, all those things. Uh, Melanie, thank you very much for, for sitting and joining us. Uh, next week, uh, Tom Colomossi was meant to be here this week uh, from The Standard and Martin Murphy return. Uh, so we'll see you all next week. Thanks for downloading. Come on, you Spurs. For all the latest Spurs news and transfer rumours, head on over to SpursWeb at SpursWeb.com. To follow all the deadline day action with your fellow fans, tune in to Transfer Deadline Live in association with FanBooks.com. Broadcasting live from 9 to 11.30pm on Monday, February the 2nd, we'll take you through the final hours of the transfer window as things really hot up, with the views of fans, special guests and those in the know. Watch Jim White, but listen to us. Sign up to FanBooks to get involved. Go to bit.ly slash FBZ Transfer Show. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.